update at noon. Leader of the Democratic Alliance, John Steele, joins me. Have I captured you correct? One noticeable omission there, and that is a plan to get our young people who've lost out on their schooling, uh, or half their schooling over the course of the last years, an acceleration plan to make sure they're not left behind. We've already said the devastating impact it's had on their numeracy and literacy, as well as school dropouts. So what we don't want to do is condemn another generation of young people to unemployment and lack of opportunity. We've got to have a catch-up model that's announced about how we're going to work after hours, bring in retired teachers, uh, set aside extra time for schooling to be able to allow them to catch up on the curriculum. Uh, otherwise, I really do fear that the medium or long-term of impact of what has happened uh, will be felt in, in many, many years to, to come, and it will be very devastating. So you're saying a uh, state of disaster, we need to do away with that? Yes, absolutely. Uh, it's, not necessary any, it's not necessary anymore uh, to have the state of disaster. The pandemic is now endemic. Um, the risk of the last uh, Omicron variant was very, very low. And we've got to have to learn to live with the virus in some way or another for the future. We've got to make sure that we create certainty for business to be able to start operating again at full potential and hopefully hiring people again back into work. Uh, and then also to end the state of disaster because it's provided a fertile environment for bypassing of procurement regulations. And we saw the feeding frenzy of uh, in the PPE scandal and laid bare in the SIU report, billions of rands of money stolen uh, because the necessary oversights weren't in place uh, because of the state of disaster. Look, if things go worse later in the year, we can always reinstate it. But it doesn't make sense saying, well, we must stay in a state of disaster because there may be an earthquake next year or there may be something, you know, a, a, a tidal wave in a month's time. Let's end it now. Let's create the certainty we can consider going back into it uh, later. We've been uh, over 700 days now in, in a state of disaster. Any preparation that we needed to do for the virus that hasn't been done in 700 days isn't going to have been done. So just looking at the economic impact of the pandemic, and, and, and that has been devastating, and of course not peculiar to South Africa, uh, but we already had other problems coming mm. into that pandemic. So let's talk about what you would like to hear the president sure. speak to in terms of the economic recovery plan. Yeah. So I think at the heart of the economic recovery plan lies how we ensure that South Africa is an investment destination for foreign direct investment and capital to flow into South Africa. Our fiscal envelope is too tight to us to be able to bring in the type of capital we need to create jobs and lots of them. So we need to attract that investment. You're not going to do it while we can't provide electricity. And so ESKIM has to be a key focus. Whatever plans have been put in place, whatever ideas were there, they're not working. We're still sitting with load shedding. We're still sitting with an inability to be able to provide uh, companies and factories with electricity. And with, when they close down, the jobs go with them. So at the heart of that lies in, I think, completely opening up the, up the, opening up the uh, energy market and allowing states, uh, uh, municipalities to be able to procure directly without the minister's interference. And, and of course, we, we, we do know, for example, we saw the city of Cape Town indicating that, you know, they will be uh, bringing forward some of uh, the regulations and whatever needs to be adhered to in uh, the regulatory framework with regard to procuring from IPPs. But Cape Town has a power station. Correct. Um, I think Joburg used to have one. I think it was sold. Um, and most of the major metros actually do have these power stations. But how do you make that workable 
with ESCOM and trying to resolve the ESCOM problem because, as you acknowledge yourself, we do need ESCOM. Yes. Well, I think that what we do is got to break the monopoly. ESCOM can be a player. There's no problem with ESCOM being a player. But you've got to break the stranglehold of a single generator and a single supplier. Cape Town does have a, a generation capacity in the Steenbrus hydroelectric plant, and it shields Cape Town from one full level of load shedding. So if there's load shedding level one in the country, Cape Town doesn't get load shed at all. There's level two, we can keep people on the grid for longer. What we want to be able to do is to improve that capacity to be able to bring in more uh, energy into the grid. And that is going to mean working with Eskom because a large part of the grid are owned by Eskom. So there's going to have to be wheeling agreements entered into. There's going to have to be uh, purchasing, power purchasing agreements that are entered into. But the sooner we start on those processes, the sooner we can keep the lights on in South Africa. You're not going to attract a big manufacturer into a country that cannot guarantee them that their factory is going to be running at the times needed to run to be able to, to produce. They're going to go to Thailand, they're going to go to Brazil, they'll go somewhere else where electricity is, is more stable. So I think it has to be at, at the heart of, of what the President speaks at tonight about moving away from this model of a monopoly in South Africa. Open it up. And I think in the opening up of it as well, you're going to create and stimulate a whole new greenfield industry of jobs in South Africa and manufacturing for solar panels and wind turbines, uh, uh, the uh, grids, etc. All of these things, I think, have the potential to really unlock uh, a, a new generation of jobs in South Africa. So let's talk about other state-owned entities and your view as the Democratic Alliance on that. Uh, you'd like to see the state dispose of some sell, of Sell, sell, sell. Uh, airline. I mean, we don't need an airline. The state doesn't need to run an airline. We have a national carrier. It's called Safair. I mean, they, they, their planes dominate uh, much of the airspace now in South Africa. They're privately run, and they run on time. They run efficiently and in, in a profitable way. South African Airways has not made a profit for a very, very long time, and there's no need for government to keep pouring money down that hole. Rather, use that money to subsidize those routes that are not pro economically viable so that you can ensure that people are able to travel uh, there. Danel, we don't need to manufacture arms. We can procure, we can procure arms from anywhere else. There's state business that government should be involved in. There's business they should not be involved in. And I think we need to learn as South Africans to make the distinction. So in order for tonight's State of the Nation address to be effective, what does the President have to put on the table? Three top. NK to deployment, fix ESKIM, tell us how we're going to get our young people caught up so that they're not left behind the rest of the world and the changing world of work. If they end catered deployment, what's the point of being the governing party? Well, you can govern well and you can make sure you build a capable civil service that people are there to serve the people of South Africa and not the party interests. We've seen how devastating catered deployment has been in uh, these state and entities we've spoken yeah, about absolutely. in government departments. So it has it. been absolutely devastating mm -hmm. because it's not that, uh, because you get the wrong cadres deployed mm -hmm. as opposed to people who can actually do what you say they well, do. Well, I think that you need a professional civil service that's not loyal to any political party. Ah. It's in there serving the people of South Africa. So it should apply in DA municipalities, DA administrations. It shouldn't matter who's in power. You should have a capable civil service that's able to implement uh, and focus on that, not loot and steal. John Stianason, thanks so much Thank for your you, time. Thank you, Sakina. Update at noon.